is there such a thing as being, quote, naturally creative? Are some people just born creative? Or is creativity something that can be learned? Now, I'm guessing that you likely know my position here, but it seems reasonable to start out with a little bit of a story. So come back to 1968. This cat named George Land develops a test, and it's a creativity test. He does this for NASA to help them select innovative engineers and scientists for the obviously the, the the burden that one carries being an astronaut, right? So this George Landcat then uses this test to also assess the creativity of 1,600 kids as a part of a program called Head Start. So he tested these kids first at age five then again at age 10 and 15. And the results are interesting. Among five-year-olds, 98% showed high levels of creativity. And yet by age 15, that number had dropped to 12%, from 98 to 12. And later, when he applied this test to adults, only 2% scored as highly creative. But this is the kicker. George Land discovered that it wasn't creativity that was a learned behavior, but it was actually not being creative that was learned. Let that sink in for a second. This reinforces what, if you've been tuned into this podcast for some time, I've been saying for a long time, and you, I believe that you inherently know it, especially as, uh, as someone who's here, probably because that this show is largely about creativity, about entrepreneurship, about being um, a high-performing human and the role that creativity plays in that, right? This is one of the things that separates us from so many other species on the planet, right? Our ability to create. So assuming you buy that we're all creative, you'll resonate with this Picasso quote, right? Every child is an artist. The problem is staying an artist when you grow up. So let's investigate really quick here. What happens to our creativity? Many of us struggle with feeling like we're not creative or we got creative talent often because these are messages that we receive about our abilities and about our creativity when we were younger i'm sure this is not not unfamiliar that at some place in your life whether from your parents your grandparents your career counselor friends the idea of creativity was questioned the the value of creativity was questioned and this is an insidious um attribute, right? It can, it, it, it comes in through the cracks and sometimes it comes down like a hammer, but other times it just seeps its way into our psyche. Uh, for example, a child might be told that they're not artistic or smart enough to pursue a certain career, or if that's not said overtly, it will be, um, suggested. These are the kinds of messages that limit our thinking and prevent us from exploring our full potential because that's what it is, right? It is an exploration. Similarly, social norms and expectations often put us in a box and make us feel like we have to conform to a certain image or a role. Again, this is not going to seem unfamiliar. Your parents may have wanted you like mine did to be a doctor or a lawyer or a professional athlete or something that is historically has been revered culturally. And what we know today is that all of that is changing. And when we look backwards, it's not hard to see that these stereotypical responses and the cultural norms are factors that have stifled creativity and prevented us from thinking outside the box. There is a problem here, and the problem is that experience after experience 
builds narratives in our psychology, maybe even at a cellular level, that we at some point come to believe in adulthood. When we internalize these messages we receive about our abilities and about our creativity or our potential, we actually build and reinforce limiting beliefs that can hold us back. So this episode today is about how ought we think about unwinding these narratives. So that's a good question. How can we overcome these false narratives and tap into our full potential? Well, there are lots of ways. I would like to begin today with saying one way to challenge these beliefs and replace them with more positive, empowering ones involves examining the messages we received as young people. Yes, you actually have to put work. This is an active process. Stop for a moment and think through some of the messages that you received. A lot of people get messages about money or about what's possible with their life or their career or their lot in life, whether they were born. And now you have the ability to press pause on that for a second, reflect, look back at those messages and say, first of all, are these messages accurate? Do these messages serve me? If I wanted a different outcome, could I rewire or reprogram these messages? The answer to the last question is, of course. We can take a close look at these stories and change the narrative for ourselves about our abilities, about our creativity, and continue to provide compelling evidence to the contrary over and over and over through lightweight, small daily activities. My friend Tony Robbins has done a fantastic job outlining a four-step process that helps us overcome limiting beliefs. So I'd like to tap into Tony's wisdom here in today's show. Four steps in a process that can help us overcome limiting beliefs. Number one, you have to identify them, right? This is what I was just asking you to, to pause for a second, look back. If you actually spend the time to do this, we can all find limiting beliefs in our childhood. We can all find narratives that were fed to us through culture or through any particular individual, often ones that are close to us and people that care very deeply for us, which is part of the problem, right? You have to first identify these beliefs, recognize, acknowledge them, that they arose in a response to actual childhood. This is part of the process of being human, is to be programmed with messages. But if you can pay attention just for a moment to your thoughts about these messages, write them down, you will have started in the right place. We have to first identify these beliefs. And I encourage you to either press pause on the show right now, or if you're driving or in traffic or jogging on a path or something, it's fine. Just make a note and go home. I think you probably have a few in mind right now as you are listening to the show. But that's the first step, right? Identify limited beliefs. Number two, take some responsibility for these beliefs. They may have come at you, you know, through a variety of mechanisms and in either natural or really unfortunate ways. That doesn't matter. The fact that you were programmed with these beliefs is not your fault. And it is still your responsibility to change and or undo them. The ones especially that, that you find right now or you are aware are not serving you. Just simply to understand that you have the power to change these beliefs is empowering by itself. Accepting responsibility for the role that they play in your life and recognizing that you have the ability to transform them into empowering beliefs is a key next step, the second step in this process. 
All right, number one, identify your limiting beliefs. Number two, acknowledge and take responsibility. You can make a change. You are an autonomous creature. The time is now. All right, step three in this process, and where so many of us, myself included, stumble a lot, and that is we get attached to certainty. So step three is let go of that certainty. And what do I mean by that? I want you to release your attachment to these limiting beliefs and understand that they don't serve you, that they are not helpful, and that a different road is possible. Now, taking responsibility is saying that I'm going to make a change. I'm aware that I have the capacity. Letting go of certainty is that you cannot actually control the outcome. So what you're letting go of is that you will change on X timeline and that you have, you know, um, you will be A, B, or C different in the future. Those are things that set you up to fail. Be open instead to questioning these things. Become curious about alternative perspectives. Realize that you have a choice and that if you put yourself on a path, that this is the way that change happens. You cannot decide when change will be upon you. You cannot decide the exact mechanism. But if you are committed to the process, you've let go of it has to happen on X timeline with Y level of certainty. And if you instead get curious and put yourself on the path of changing your beliefs, that in fact is the only way that beliefs change. That's step three. Again, step one, identify beliefs. Step two, take responsibility. Three, let go of the certainty and trust the process. And step four is changing the actual programming, changing the talk that you can control. What are some ways that you can control it? Well, if there are people in your world that are embedding limiting beliefs on you, how can you spend less time with them? Sometimes you could be graceful to this and yet it's not required, right? This is your one precious life. You have the ability to turn your back on or leave. However, abruptly people who embed limiting beliefs in your brain. So one, can you control your environment? Two, there's an environment that you, it's to be fair, whether this is, you know, there are, there are work considerations, there are family structure considerations. So it may be difficult to, uh, to change some of those inputs. I want to remind you that you can, you can en endeavor to make difficult decisions that will put you in a position where you do not have to be subject to those things. And at the same time, I want you to acknowledge the one place where no one can infect that. And that is inside your skull, head, heart, right? Changing your self-talk, regardless of the environment that you're in, is, is such potent medicine, right? Replacing those limiting beliefs with new and empowering beliefs that align with your desired outcomes is so key to moving forward with this and to, um, to starting to build a pattern in a process of what I would say is recovery from being programmed that you're not creative or not in any way the, the person that you want to be or become. By adjusting your internal dialogue, and reflecting these positive beliefs, positive sentiments, and practice using, whether this is affirmations, visualization, uh, I would encourage both. I've talked a lot about it in previous shows. These are the mechanisms in the process that reinforce your beliefs in yourself. 
making these things, this process, these affirmations and visualizations a part of your daily life, it takes intentionality and work, right? This is effort applied over time. Now, to go back and to put a bow on Tony's recommendation, number one, identify limiting beliefs. Two, take responsibility. Three, let go of certainty. Trust the process. Four, change your self-talk. Now, this idea of changing your self-talk and how it relates to surrounding yourself with other people, they're tightly related, and yet I know it can be difficult, right, to surround yourself with people who encourage and support our creative beliefs and to see our potential. Note, though, if you're listening to this podcast, you are already on your way. You have taken some step, whether that's, you know, coming across my material on the internet or deciding to subscribe, or maybe a friend sent you this show, you're actually already engaged. And if you have demonstrated some history of engagement with this stuff, that should be a little bit of a momentum builder to know that such things like who you spend time with, these are decisions that are in your very near future that you realize, however subtly, that you actually have control over. Don't want to surround yourself with negative people? Be busy the next time they call. Don't want to surround yourself with negative people? Actively decide not to answer the phone or respond to the text. It may sound difficult until you do it once, until you do it twice and build up a little momentum. The old adage of you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, that comes up right now. You can do things. Even if it's not just turning off those old noises, perhaps you drown out those old noises with new noises by joining new creative communities, by spending more time listening to shows like this one and others that might be in your podcast queue. The point is, by starting to control your inputs, again, number four above was changing your self-talk, but I want to put all these in a category of you are actually an autonomous creature who is in control of the inputs that are entering your head and your heart. It might mean seeking out mentors. It might mean being around other role models, whether those are, you know, in real life or digital or parasocial. I don't care where you get them. I just want you to acknowledge and take steps to make those changes. Now, get stronger. Flex these creative muscles. Now, you know from uh, either previous <laughs> episodes of the show or hopefully you've read my book, Creative Calling. If you have not, I was just uh, texted by a friend that it's 30% uh, off on Amazon right now, Creative Calling. The idea that creativity is a nice to have, that has hope that that ship has sailed, right? We know today scientifically that creativity is as essential to our health and our well-being as exercise, as proper nutrition and mindfulness, because creativity, our, it basically underscores our ability to move through the world, to craft a living and a life that we desire. You know the, the life that you look at from a friend of yours that looks so good from afar, or when you realize that you're in a difficult place and you, you have a friend who's helping you out, you're like, wow, why can't... These lives, the ones that you look up to and admire and you seek, they are designed, they are crafted, they are built on intention. That is creativity at work, right? With this potent creative energy unleashed, and only if it's unleashed, will you be capable of living the life that you desire, living your best life, your fullest life. The core principles of a stable creative mindset are as follows. 
Number one, identify. I am a creative person. Two, the world is abundant and full of possibilities. Three, my situation can always be changed. Four, I can use my creativity to create the change I seek. Five, creativity is natural and healthy and requires practice and attention. Six, creativity is ultimate personal power. That set of instructions, those those mantras, if you will, are the keys Understanding those, believing those in your heart and your soul are the keys to living a creative life. There isn't a world where you can believe deeply in every fiber of your being that those are true and not being in charge of this one precious life. If you live by those basic mantras and the principle, now that's not to say this won't come in and out of focus, but if you always return again and again, like meditation, you return to the breast or to your mantra. If you return to those handful of mantras, you will have no choice but to find yourself on the creative path. And forget not that creativity is a muscle, right? Changing your mindset requires constant effort the effort of putting aside beliefs that don't work and employing ones that do. And yet only when you commit to your own creative development will these old ideas about talent or destiny melt away. The stronger your creative muscles get, again, by contrast, the deeper and richer your work, and I would say by extension, your life will become. Working through creative obstacles across a range of conditions and beliefs and experiences this ultimately will be the thing that will teach you that nothing can stand in the way of you and the relationship that you have with your creativity unless you let it. So today's assignment, this week's assignment, if you will, is to be aware of those mantras. Be aware that you're creative, that the world is abundant, that your situation can be changed, that your creativity is what allows you to create the change you seek, that this is natural and that this is ultimate personal power. Go ahead and go back and listen to those again. It's by living those mantras and putting into practice, using the, the effort that you have inside you as the fiery ball of energy that I know you to be, this is how you change. There is no such thing as being naturally uncreative. It is our natural state. So I would encourage you this week to live it. All right. Hey, before you go, thanks so much for listening. And if you got value from this show, chances are your community will too, right? In the particular lies the universal. Please share this link to the show with a friend or mention the show on social. That is a huge benefit for us in hopefully in exchange for providing value to you. I want you to know that I really appreciate your time, the attention, anything that you give to the show and the questions that you ask our guests, either on social media or through my text community, all of that is pure gold. This community, like any community, is a testament to that old phrase, a rising tide floats all boats. And by elevating one another, by sharing and resharing this show, the tidbits that you learn and the experiences you take away all of that has a collective, massive, positive impact on the world. So just a quick thank you. I appreciate all the effort you put into sharing for this show. All right, that's a wrap. Let's put today's episode into practice and get back to growing together.